Welcome to the United Basketball and Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Smith. We are proudly sponsored by my good friends at Dr. Dish. Contact Dr. Dish, mention this podcast, and receive an exclusive discount on their shooting machine. My hope is, as you listen to the podcast, you'll gain knowledge in X's and O's, leadership, and culture building. Now, let's grow the game together. All right, this is rare. We are having the same guest on for two consecutive weeks. We've got Tyler Costin. Hopefully you listened to last week's episode about lock left defense. If you didn't, there's a lot to learn there. It's, it's the uh, previous episode uh, right underneath this one. So, Coach, uh, thanks for being on uh, two weeks in a row. Back-to-back. Back. I mean, there's some great players that have gone back-to-back. Back. <laughs> Absolutely. We might go back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Can we pull an MJ? Uh, oh. Well, last week it was lock left. Now we want to talk about something I think every coach goes back and forth with. Or we walk out of the locker room, and I'm speaking personally here, like, oh, my gosh, I just blew it. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking from experience here. Halftime, what, what do you look to do during your halftime, the 10 minutes with a, a high, you know, high school gets 10 minutes, and then the post game? And then we're thinking maybe you win, maybe you lose. I mean, it could be good or it could be bad, the outcome of the game. But how do you believe a coach should attack halftime and, and post game? Yeah. You know, I, I really appreciate this thoughtful question because that's not one that I get asked a lot and not one that I hear talked about a lot. So if you would allow me, could I ask you a couple of questions? Like sure. for this situation, um, what, and you can answer for your current team or a past yeah. team or whatever, but um, so let's say you are walking into halftime and it's early in the season and you are just underperforming and you're really, really frustrated. Um, coming out of that halftime, what's your goal for your team? What, what do you want to be different coming out of that halftime? I want to point out a, 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 a couple of things that we can change the second half. So whether or not it's uh, we're acting poorly on a closeout, we're not uh, – we run a 1-1-3 zone. So if my down guard isn't getting in proper position, I want to talk about things that are – that we can tangibly measure the second half and look at we, we improved on. Maybe they just need a bunch of encouragement. It, maybe your opponent out there is just we're out, man, we're out, we're out everything. We're working really, really hard, but it's just a tough night. I don't, I don't want them to leave feeling more discouraged. I want to leave out with, with some encouragement, some small goals, whether I challenge them to start the half with a score-stop score or win the four-minute game, some type of small, tangible goal. Yeah, those are all really good. And, you know, the reason I ask you is kind of setting up this answer is there's not a one-size-fits-all for yeah. how every coach should approach halftime. I mean, as you know, like each game's different. Each team's different. Each season's different. The season within the season is often different as well. And so I think the best thing, and I'll get into some more specific ideas for people to use or tools, but I guess the first thing I just love to share with coaches is under, like maybe just examine your perspective and understand that each game, team, and season within your season is probably different. And maybe step back and take a breath and don't just react emotionally to halftime because that's, that, that's probably the biggest mistake. Like we're saying, I can't tell you what to do, but I can say, don't do that. <laughs> right. right. Don't just react emotionally. And, yeah. and, and so, you know, if, if we kind of maybe stepped it back one more time and I know I've done this, um, I've coached at every level. 
Um, I've coached from fourth grade travel ball through all the way up to division one basketball. And so I know I've done this more often than not is myself, like so many coaches, the reason we're still doing this thing um, after, you know, for so long is because we're so competitive and we often find ourselves as more competitive than our players and that frustrates, right? Absolutely. Right. And so we go into that halftime, like in the battle with them. Right. And we just want to win that battle. And we're like, why don't you care as much as me? Right. Right? And, and I can just say that that does not get long-term results Yeah, because it gets tired. Right. It gets like, you know, like banging that battle drum, everything's tired. Yeah. You you may get in a 20, in a 20, sorry to cut you off in a 25 game, you know, high school season, you may get that one halftime or two where you would want to light a fire under them, but you know, the team, you know, the opponent, you know, your group. But you're right. If that is 25 half times of yelling and screaming and throwing water bottles and attacking kids, you're right. It is you're going to lose them immediately because they they might as well not go to halftime because they know exactly what you're going to say. Exactly. Yeah. And so like hold it back and probably maybe don't let it out on that first or second game of the season. That doesn't matter that much. Right. right? Uh, like <laughs> don't do it in a summer game. <laughs> Just hold back a little. <laughs> so I think that would be my first piece of advice and then i'll give i'll give another one um there was a coach coach alvin it is his first name i was taking over a losing pro high school program in california a few years ago and he said he said tyler like what do i say to my team because i just don't think we're gonna win a single game this year i'm taking over this brand new program first time head coach he said like what do i do like how do i coach this team and you know i said i said coach maybe just every day in practice starting early in every game redefine success like success for your team might not be um a winning record it might not even be winning a single game but like get something that you can measure and achieve that's separate from the win or loss of the game and just coach that thing like redefine your wins and he did it and he was blown away they had a winning record that season and then just continued to improve. And he said, Tyler, I never tried to, I never tried to win a game again. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this is it. I'm just saying this is another side of the scale, right? He said, I never tried to coach my team into winning the game. I tried to coach my team into being a successful team, whatever that thing is. Um, and so I think if we just kind of zoomed out and looked at the season, you know, uh, in, in the book Super System, it's a it's a poker book by Doyle Brunson. Um, in the book Super System, uh, he says that you should never evaluate a single hand of poker, but rather understand that it exists as one hand in an infinite series of hands. And he said you become less emotionally attached to a single bad beat, or an unlucky draw, or a poor decision, or a, or a missed bet. When you understand that it's one in an infinite series and your only goal is to play the next hand better. Um, he said that's what allowed him to become one of the best poker players in the world. And I would I think that most coaches could trend that way more and find more happiness and success. If they looked at each game as a single game in an infinite series of games with the goal to have a successful program and to whatever the things you're emphasizing are, like you said some great ones when I asked you about effort or whatever you're being accountable for or you know execution, whatever, and just coach your team. 
in halftime, you know, and, and not just react to, we missed 20 layups. We're missing bunnies out there, right? That's probably not <laughs> what your emphasis is for your team. Right. right? Um, and, well, and, and I if, just, go ahead. if, okay, let's say, cause every coach listen, like, oh my gosh, well, my team is missing. Let's they're, they're thinking this is just theory he's talking about, but, and I don't, I don't think so. I, I agree with you. So let's say you go in and your team is just un- uncharacteristically like, oh my gosh, we are shooting, you know, nine for 21 around the rim right now. You would still address those things, but in a way where you're not just hammered a kid for like, hey, you're 0 for 7 from the free throw line. Absolutely. And I think it becomes like a real simple actionable step is coach from the universe of do instead of don't, right? Like don't get trapped. Don't be weak with the ball. You know, don't throw the ball to the other team as opposed to do attack the paint, right? Do use fakes, do be powerful. And I think so many times half times are don'ts like don't do this anymore as opposed to offering solutions. And yeah, a lot of times coaches say don'ts just to feel better about themselves, but it, it doesn't actually serve any purpose. Um, and, and, and I would also say like, don't break character and character as in, you know, if, uh, if we're, if we as a team are really focused on our shot generation, like we, let's say our team wants to generate 50% of our shots from the three point line, 25% of our shots from the free throw line and 25% of our shots at the rim. Let's say that's our shot generation. Right. But then all of a sudden we're really upset because, um, of turnovers on the, uh, um, on the offensive end. Right. Don't just go and coach turnovers, like stick to don't break character. It's like, okay, we need, generate more fouls here by using more fakes at the end of our dribble and pivots and don't give up the ball until you've attempted to draw a foul, right? As opposed to addressing something that you haven't spent any time in practice on, or you, you haven't been, you know, been coaching. And I, I just find, I find that halftime is a lot more scattershot than our practice plans. And I think that halftime should have a plan. Yeah. Or you give the guys eight things and they're like, Hey, we're, we're 15 years old, man. We've got 10 minutes. Can we, how about you give one thing or two right. things and then get them out saying so go, you know, shoot and stay loose for, for three minutes or so. I was, I was going to give one more just completely different idea. So if you're on that topic, we can keep digging into to that piece. Yeah, yeah, we can stick with that. Sure. Okay. Um, well, okay. Here, here's one more thing that I think that every team should commit at least 60 seconds of halftime to. Okay. And okay. you're, you're going to start throwing things at me again because you're like, what, Tyler? No <laughs> visualization uh so like right now i'll ask all of our coaches listening right now and and i'll I'll even i'll even ask you um what percent of the game of basketball would you say is mental for players if you had to break it down into percentages oh well i I was taught the old bob knight but i I would say honestly it might be 90 percent 85 to 90 percent very high right right and then and, and and every coach is listening right now like get your own answer in your head. Like, I'm sure you had an answer coming into your mind, right? Yeah. Um, and then I'll, 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 ask, I'll ask you again, coach, what percent of your practice time do you spend on the mental game? I would say someday zero. Yeah. And that's, that's common. That's, yeah. that's common, right? And, and if you think about your pregame, if you think about your halftime coaches, um, what percent do you spend on them getting mentally prepared to get into some sort of a flow state, a performance state, right? It's probably less than the percentage that you think the game is. And so whatever it is that you address at halftime, I would carve out 60 seconds for them to visualize doing that thing correctly. 
right? Because because we because people tend to become what they think about. And so if we go into halftime and we identify all the problems, what the players are doing in their mind is they're replaying all of those mistakes of missed, right? And, you know, the way that our minds work is, is we don't understand the difference between thinking about something and doing something. It's like we're actually practicing, like we're ingraining and making a habit what we were just told we were doing poorly. So we got to break the pattern somehow. And so 60 seconds where they actually visualize and maybe it needs to be led, maybe they get better at themselves with actually visualize playing powerfully or shooting with confidence or communicating on defense or whatever it is that you want to like have them practice doing it right. Um, Cause you got to break the pattern somehow and just yelling at them and reinforcing the negative pattern. I, I don't think is the best way to do that. So visualization would be something I'd add into halftime. And I would think maybe at the end of halftime, after you've talked about things to do, and now you say, all right, guys, we're about to 60 seconds, eyes closed, complete silence. Just Or if you have a kid that went like 0 for 6 from the free throw line in the first half, right? Come on, Johnny, you got to make your free throws. That never helped anybody. Johnny knows. Right? Hey, Johnny, 60 seconds, switch three free throws in your mind. You know no, what really helps that. a player make free throws is when you yell, we need this. I'm kidding. <laughs> Use your legs. Yeah. We got halftime out of the way. We're walking off the floor, maybe in the glorious uh, win or maybe, you know, a frustrating loss. Mm -hmm. We're in the locker room. What are some things, but what are some things that do not need to happen in, in that moment, regardless of the outcome possibly? Yeah. Not only am I honored to host this podcast, I'm also a high school basketball coach myself, and my team just purchased the Dr. Dish CT. Dr. Dish knows that coaches work very hard to save every penny they can. So I sent back our old other brand shooting machine and got a discount. We also took advantage of their one-year payment plan, paid half now and half later. And my kids love this shooting machine, calling and texting me constantly to get in the gym. And players love immediate feedback. They're able to know their shooting percentage from every single spot they shoot from. And also, using the Dr. Dish app, they can track their shots throughout the entire season or the course of their career. This is a game changer. It's almost like I hired another assistant coach, called Dr. Dish, mention this podcast, and take advantage of our exclusive discount. Now back to the podcast. Let me just make this real simple. And I'm going to go stream again. Don't have post-game meetings just don't have them. I, I, I can't think of a productive thing that's come from a post-game meeting. I, I, I take that back. I can think of very few productive things that have come from a post-game meeting. It's that's when players are the least receptive. They are the most distracted. All of the supporters that you want there, the parents and the, and the fans and the friends and whatnot are sitting there waiting around like, hurry up. We came out here for this thing. We're waiting. We want to go to Chipotle, man. Get them out of the locker room. Exactly, right? <laughs> you know, like, like you, like that is the worst time to learn. You haven't watched the game film yet. You're emotionally charged. You might say something stupid. You might focus all your attention on this thing a you know you might focus all your attention on defensive rebounding when it was actually your transition that lost you the game you know like you haven't had a chance like i just don't see any value in doing anything other than if you want to just give out a couple quick celebrations win or loss you know what i mean um i've I've just seen in years and years of coaching teams and in running camps for hundreds of people like i can 
yell at players at camps or PGC basketball sessions, our courses, I can identify everything they're doing wrong in the group of 120 to 140 athletes will not change. But then I stop 140 players. I bring them in. I say, Hey, Dante, I love the way you're leading of all 140 players in this gym, the way that you are coaching up others and encouraging them stood out to me that special. And then I send them out and everyone's talking as opposed to saying like, no one's talking, like highlighting the positive rare thing that happens gets the whole group to change more than harping on the negative things that are so obvious. So like, that'd be the only thing I do. Hey, you know, if we lost by 40 and everyone played terribly and little Timmy got in for the last 30 seconds from the end of the bench. But when he got in there, he sprinted in there and he wasn't, didn't, didn't have like a down face. I might go and say, Timmy, I love your attitude in, in, in how we face obstacles. That's whatever your team is basketball. That's how we do things here. That's our culture. I'm excited to see you all bring that, you know, next week. Have a great night. You know, like that's it. Yeah. Um, and we're I know talking, not a, I mean, you're literally, you're talking because coaches are thinking, oh my gosh, I, I'm doing these 23rd. I, I used to have a, a rule and it's, and it's not, Exact, but I was it was like six minutes, six, six, seven minutes. But then I looked around, these kids want to see their girlfriend, yeah. you know, assistant coaches' wives are away. Like it, let's get out of here, regardless of let's it. Just get so yeah, you're talking absolutely. 90 90 seconds, get in the middle, whatever you say. Guys, we've got yeah. practice tomorrow at four o'clock. See you there. Yeah, we'll we'll cover it then. You know, I just think most post-game meetings are for the coach, not for the players. <laughs> I mean, just get it done. <laughs> you know, what I mean? right. Yeah. Or Go to the coach's office and sit with your staff and talk. Exactly. And you know exactly. what? They may not care either. <laughs> they right. want to go. Home. <laughs> well, that's good. I appreciate your uh, your transparency and, and honesty and, and humor as you give good answers. You're a good listener, and I appreciate it. And, and obviously, coaches know PGC well, and all you guys do. So, coaches, yeah. I'm, I'm just plugging that because it's awesome and, and everyone involved with that. So, well, Coach, anything else for we, we wrap this second podcast in a week up? No, I just, you know, Matthew, really appreciate you having me on. You're a, a great interviewer, and I feel like uh, I feel like we can hang out, man. You know, just not for too long after a game in the locker room, but other than that, we can hang out. So I, I think you're doing a great job and celebrate everything you're doing to serve coaches. I, I, I appreciate it. And, again, these are moments where I need to grow. And as my, a lot of my players listen to the podcast, so they, they're going to hold me to this. Like, hey, coach, man, you listen to this po- – you have this podcast, but you kept us for 18 minutes the other night when we lost by four. Don't hey, do hey, this because I'm going to fail. I am going to fail. I'm going to blow up at a halftime, and that's why – I need this and to communicate with guys like you who are like-minded and wanting to grow coaches and make us better leaders um, for these kids. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I love that you said that you're going to fail. And I just, I'd like to maybe go out on that one with coaches is the willingness to own your failures to your players will endear them to you greater than showing that you know your stuff. You know, like when you, when you have that vulnerability, especially with today's athletes, absolutely when you're vulnerable with them, they're going to trust you more. And so I think that's awesome. I celebrate you for, for, for acknowledging that you're going to fail and encourage all other coaches to follow your lead in that. Well, I appreciate it. I look forward to connecting, connecting again soon. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the United Basketball and Leadership Podcast. Please take a moment to leave us a review and also leave a comment about what you enjoyed most about today's guest. I hope you'll join us on our next episode.